The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Uh, back in February, the Department of Justice sanctioned the resumption of passport checks at the steps of aircraft in an attempt to address the significant numbers of asylum seekers who have lost or destroyed their travel documents while flying into the state. Our chief reporter, Barry White, joins us now. Now, Barry, you've received figures on how many asylum seekers have arrived in the country via Dublin Airport uh, with either no travel documents at all or fakes. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Yeah, so these figures have been released by the Department of Justice to News Talk via a Freedom of Information request, and they reveal that between January and April this year, 1,465 asylum seekers arrived at Dublin Airport with no travel documents, while 354 international protection applicants arrived with false travel documents at Dublin Airport during the same period. Now, Pat, between January and April, 3,628 asylum seekers arrived here. So that's 38% of all asylum seekers who arrived in the first four months of this year who either had no travel documents or fake travel documents. However, this figure of 38% may be actually even higher because not all international protection applicants arrive here by plane at Dublin airports. Some arrive by boat, some may even come through Northern Ireland. So we can't actually work out what percentage of asylum seekers who are arriving here are with uh, no or fake travel documents, but it's certainly going to be over 40%. And N2 leader Pader Tobin says the government really need to start cracking down on this. We have such a high level of people coming into the country with false or no documentation whatsoever. And, you know, there's, there's no evidence at all coming from the government uh, that the government are cracking down in relation to people who are abusing the system. You know, we do want to help the people in real need, but we need to be able to differentiate between those people and those who are not really in need, who are maybe economic migrants, but using the system to gain entry into the country. Uh, And there's a real frustration now uh, throughout the country, especially because we're coming to a situation where we're maxed out in many ways in terms of accommodation provision. That can be seen today. There's tents on the streets of Dublin currently. So the government has to get real in relation to this. Minister O'Gorman has said many times that the country has an obligation to protect asylum seekers. But can we bring in anybody and everybody? You know, people who do destroy their passports, people who arrive with fake documents. Should we be giving them accommodation as well? I think most people want to help people in need. So to give shelter to those people who are fleeing actual war and violence and famine. Uh, But we really do need a system that can differentiate uh, between those who really are in need and those uh, who are economic migrants. And right now, Ireland doesn't have a system to differentiate. Uh, It has a a, a radically slow system in which people remain two and three and four and five years within the system before a decision is made. The state has to provide accommodation to those people. Those people who are not real asylum seekers are taking up spaces that would be or should be provided to those who really are in need. And, you know, I would really urge the government to get serious about this. And the only way to do that is by making sure that people are are not coming into the country on false pretenses uh, to make sure that people are not travelling from other European countries to this country uh, and claiming that they have no documentation or using false documentation. Is this current system sustainable? The current application system is absolutely broken. There is no doubt about that. It's broken on so many levels. It's broken on the length of time it's taken to make a determination. It's broken because so many people are in a situation where they have no documentation whatsoever and that makes it very, very nearly impossible to, d- to make the determination.
And that's ain't to leader Paddle Tobin. Um, we know you can't board a flight without travel documents, so it's fair to assume, if you do the, the math, that 1,500 asylum seekers who travelled to Ireland this year either destroyed their documents or lost somehow their documents or had their documents taken from them by their trafficker. You know, you have a passport uh, to get on the plane and then your man goes around the plane and he picks up all the passports. Uh, I mean, all of those scenarios are possible. Yeah, they are, Pat. And I did a report here on your show at the end of last year after I received figures from the Department of Justice via via a Freedom of Information request, which revealed 5,640 asylum seekers who arrived in the States via Dublin Airport in 2022 had either destroyed or lost their passports or they travelled here with false travel documents. So this is nothing new. And subsequently, the Justice Minister, Simon Harris, told me that the government were trying to reduce the number of people turning up without passports who apply for international protection and that airlines who are found to have allowed passengers to board without a passport or valid visa would be fined €1,500. However, Pat, as this latest FOI shows, this crackdown isn't reducing the numbers destroying the passports. I'm just wondering about the airlines, and maybe we we can't know this unless um, the Aer Lingus and Ryanair, British Airways and so on, the people who fly in can tell us. I mean, if they have photographic evidence of someone presenting a travel document that appears to them to be genuine uh, and they get on the plane, they'd escape the fine. Do we know how many fines all of these airlines have had to pay? Gardaí say the airlines have been fined 1.4 million in the past year for allowing passengers to board without passports. Um, so that's about a thousand fines then uh, for the various... About a thousand in a year, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, you mentioned uh, Belfast. Yeah, so from what I can see, Pat, a lot of asylum seekers are travelling um, to Belfast and are then travelling down to Dublin and presenting at the International Protection Office. I spoke to up to a dozen asylum seekers who were staying in tents outside the IPO yesterday. And more than half of them told me they arrived here via Belfast. Um, Some flew into Belfast um, from England or Scotland, while some travelled by boat. Um, While some even told me that they had been living in the UK for a number of years. I spoke to two guys yesterday from Pakistan. They just arrived in Ireland yesterday. They told me they got a flight to Belfast and travelled down here. They told me they had been living in the UK and they didn't want to return to Pakistan. And and of course, with Brexit and all the rest of it, the sensitivity of asking someone to show a travel document on an internal flight, you know. (laughs) Well, I know you can fly from London to Belfast. You wouldn't have to show your passport. Yeah. You know, and if you you were to suggest that that would help us in this regard, um, the DUP be up in arms saying, no, 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 you can't do that. This we are part of the United Kingdom. But there seems to be more and more asylum seekers who are using uh, this way to get into Ireland. Now, I know this is only anecdotal, but we don't know how many are travelling through Belfast to get here because the Department of Justice simply do not know. And I spoke to um, the Department of Justice yesterday and they says they can't keep track of those figures. So there are they don't have those figures. And I spoke to two asylum seekers yesterday who, again, who went on the record, who are sleeping in tents in the streets of Dublin. They told me why and how they came here. And one of them... Omar, originally from Tunisia, who was living in France, he told me that he recently arrived in Ireland just a number of days ago. And Omar, who we'll hear from first, he told me, Pat, he paid a people smuggler to come by boat via Belfast. I come in Ireland, I have no uh, four days like that. And uh, I was in the street and uh, you see, you know, have some people here in the street for two months, three months. And all people sleep in the street in the tent, you know, you see like that. And, uh, so you've been sleeping in a tent now for four yeah, days? Yeah, that's my tent, Syria. 
But at night, you know, it's all coffees closed, all restaurants is closed, you know, you need to be in the street, you know. And what if you want to get washed or keep yourself clean? Yeah, Where wash. do you go? Uh, we have some, uh, some place, you know, uh, give some address here, you know, to me, and uh, we go wash there, you know. Did you ever expect that you'd be sleeping on the streets when you came to Ireland? And how, how difficult is it? Yeah, it's difficult, yeah. It's very difficult, yeah. If I know, like, the situation like that, you know, I'm not coming, you know. Where, where were you living before you came to Ireland? Well, actually, you know me, I come, like, uh, in the boat, you know, to uh, Belfast, to North Ireland, Belfast. And from North Ireland, I come here. Before I was in Europe, uh, France. Uh, why did you leave France to come to Ireland? I leave France because uh, I have problem, you know, in my country, and these people follow me, and you know, I get stopped, and I get. You know. And why did you come via Belfast to get here? Was that because you wouldn't have to show a passport? Belfast, no, because you know, I get, I come in on the boat. I stay six days on the boat, you know, big boat, you know, from container like that, and we pay, you know, in a container. Yeah, a container, and uh, the boy from Belgium to uh, to Belfast, you know. So you paid someone who put you in a container on a ship? Yeah, for come to here, you know, for, for, for protect, you know. It's very dangerous, yeah. No food, no thing. Some people die, you know, in the container, like, you know, when uh, take money and put you on shit, you know. And how, much, you, you know? how much did you have to pay to get in uh, the container? 1,000, 1,000, yeah. I like to come here because, you know, you can work, you can, this country can protect your life, you know, that's it, if you have a problem or something. And I come in here, you know, for that. I've been here like a month and a half now. And for that month and a half, have yeah. you been sleeping on the streets? Yes, on the streets. It's terrible, man. Sleepless nights, man. A lot of pain and stuff. A lot of pain in the body. Because it's hard to sleep there. On the ground, it's hard, man. And have you been told if they'll get you accommodation or...? No, I haven't heard nothing from them as yet. So when you came here a month and a half ago, where did you come from and... Did you have any idea that this is the situation you'd find yourself in? No, I didn't have any idea. I was told I was going to be put to the, in the system, then being given an accommodation, but nothing like that at the moment. And where did you travel from? In the Caribbean. And why did you leave your home country? Uh, violence. Uh, as you can see. Uh, yeah, you have a, a scar on your arm. Yeah. Did you travel through many countries to come to Ireland and... Do you have any regrets, you know, because you find yourself in this situation? Yeah, I fly here to Amsterdam and through Ireland. Yeah. Not really, I, I do not really have any regrets at the moment. Okay, so he came from the Caribbean uh, via Amsterdam, which has direct flights uh, to Ireland. And in spite of sleeping in a tent, he feels no regrets? No regrets, no. I suppose a lot of the asylum seekers I spoke to say that they come here because they know they'll eventually be able to work within a, a matter of months. That seems to be one of the main reasons they're coming here now. Now, um, the government, as you said, uh, say they're cracking down on this, but the numbers don't suggest that the February crackdown has made any difference to the numbers that uh, you gave us for the first three months of the year. And then that 1.4 million in uh, fines handed out to airlines. Uh, on what basis are those fines handed out? Yeah, so 1.4 million in fines has been handed out, Pat, in the past year. I think it's, I think it's 935 fines have been handed out. Now, Gardaí are using the fines to put pressure on airlines to carry out more checks and passengers' ID before they board planes coming here. And they have the power to do so under the Immigration Act 2003, 
which places obligations on airlines and ferry companies to ensure the passengers travelling to Ireland are in possession of a fa- valid travel document. But again, Pat, as we keep pointing out, you can't board a flight without a passport. So. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, when you uh, are going to the boarding gate and so on, um, you don't necessarily have to check in anymore. You'll probably have um, printed out your boarding card or have it on your phone. So the first check that happens, say, at a Ryanair gate somewhere in Europe will be uh, as you head for the plane. And, and then the next time they'll ask for your passport probably won't be until you arrive in Dublin. Exactly. So yeah. I'm just wondering when you get to the boarding gate, you know, when they look at the passport, often it seems to be just a fairly peremptory uh, look at the passport, whether or not simply p- placing it on a scanner and photocopying it would get the airlines off the hook. Because if a document has been presented by the person in seat 12C and uh, they've got a picture of it, they could go to the guards and say, this is what the man was carrying or the woman was carrying. Yeah, but I, that's not beyond the, the realm of technology no, to not. do it. Um, I contacted Ryanair. They did say they would send me a statement uh, regarding this. I still haven't received a statement. But look, there has been a 35% increase in the numbers of these fines issued. However, Pat, like we say, it's not really acting as a deterrent because in the first four months of this year, as I've already highlighted, almost 2,000 asylum seekers who arrived in Ireland either destroyed or lost their passports or arrived here with fake documents. So, Maybe they're going to have to crack down more, but this is still something that's happening. And we've yeah, highlighted, yeah, and highlighted it a number the, of times now. When you hear the dog ate my homework so many times, uh, you'd imagine they'd change the system. Uh, and also they need to sort out economic migrants who want to come here. We have a shortage of labour. Let's set up a proper migration system where people can apply for a visa yeah, to and work the, here and, and um, the gov- help our economy. The government's focus at the minute just seems to be desperately trying to find accommodation and they're talking about communicating with communities around the country. But surely their focus should be on fixing the system because it's severely broken. Yeah, fix it on two levels. First of all, the fakers, uh, sort them out. But secondly, those who are economic migrants in a time of need in our economy. And surely this is make har- it available. Surely this is harming genuine asylum seekers as well. Yeah, that's for sure. Barry, thank you very much uh, for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.